And in just two days' time, it'll be the anniversary of the passing away of Limpucha. And uh, that's Limpucha is a teacher. And he um, let go of his Sankharas when he passed away 20, it'll be 29 years in two days' time uh, that he left this world. But even though he abandoned the Sankharas in this way, his mind was pure and uh, reached this state of freedom of arahantship. He was a true disciple of the Buddha. So we have both love and respect for him. And when I went to uh, stay with him, I took him as uh, my teacher. And um, I had a lot, or many of his disciples, when they were with him, um, they could feel a degree of fear towards him, this very high level of respect and fear towards him, afraid that they would do something wrong, that they'd slip up, um, that they would uh, act or do something that would be incorrect. So when we were with him, we needed to have a lot of mindfulness, be mindful with our body and our speech, but also our minds as well. And this mind is something that's very important. Because just during the space of one day, there's a lot of thoughts that go on in our minds, right? And when uh, we're close to Lumpucha, we'd have to be careful that our mind wouldn't go thinking about things in front of us or behind us. They wouldn't go off into love or to hate. Because it was like he had this giant TV screen that he could see all of our thoughts on. It would come up as images and sounds, and we couldn't hide anything from him. So I has always had to have mindfulness in a meditation object. And when I was attending on him, I always tried to keep my mind with his kamatana, with its object, and practicing to try to keep the mind still, to keep it in a peaceful place. Um, because if I allowed my mindfulness to slip for just one moment. Um, it could be like lightning could come down and hit me. And sometimes this wouldn't come in the form of speech. Sometimes all it would take was for him to flash a look at us. And it's like the kilesas just ran away. And so never the mind would think we need to be really cautious around its thoughts. There's one time I went out to, or I went to eat with Numpucha, as he had uh, guests coming from overseas. So he was meeting these guests, and uh, he was planning on eating after all the other monks. And uh, usually there would be a senior monk who was attending on him and eating with him, uh, but this monk asked me to go instead. And I didn't uh, prepare any food to eat because I thought that you know, since Lumpur Chao was eating, there'd be a lot of uh, good food. But when I was sitting there with Lumpur Chao, I didn't dare to take very much. Um, I just, just took a small amount of food. Um, and I could see that this monk who 
was initially planned to go was actually very intelligent because he knew that if we ate with Nambucha, we'd have to be really cautious around our actions, around our speech as well. But he didn't speak at all. And we also had to be really cautious around our acts of mind. And so when I was with him, I just ate just a small amount. And so this fear uh, that we had, it really helped us, helped us to uh, maintain awareness, to be cautious, uh, to train our minds constantly. Because the thoughts of the mind, they go very fast. There was one time some people came to offer orange juice to Lumpucha, and I had a bit too much knowledge. Um, I knew too much, and so I could see that this orange juice had, or I knew that orange juice had high vitamin C. And uh, if I hadn't known that, then i just see this orange juice and think it was just orange juice. Uh, but instead, I could also see the vitamin C in it. And the thing is, back then, 45 years ago, things weren't like what they are now. But it wasn't easy to get drinks like this. And so when I was thinking this, that it has this, a lot of vitamin C, and what that really meant was that I was also thinking that I would like to have some for myself as well. But it's just my barami didn't reach that level. It wasn't uh, as much as Lumpu Cha's. And so these people offered it to Lumpu. And so I had these thoughts, and Lumpu Cha, he gave me a very deep Dharma teaching. He said that this here, and pointing to the orange juice, this is the place of death. That whatever one attaches to, uh, whatever one is pleased by, this is how we get stuck. It's uh, this going off into the extreme of um, desire for sensuality, of finding pleasure in senses, in forms, in sounds and smells, in tactile sensations. That uh, the things that we experience, that we find pleasurable, that we desire, that all of these are the place of death. When I heard Lumpucha gave that teaching, uh, my kilesas fled, and I never forgot that teaching. It stays with me right to this day. That wherever we have pleasure, whatever we are attached to, that becomes the place of death for us. And so this is uh, a truth uh, that Lumpucha uh, gave us. And that uh, initially we may have um, our attachments and we may find pleasure in things, but we're able to keep that within the boundaries of sila. And this is one level of goodness. But if we're going to develop it to the next level, it's the level of samadhi, needing to train our minds so they become well established. At least being able to control Ikhilases, so that we don't proliferate upon them. And when we can do this, then we'll be able to contemplate. So I had a lot of respect for Mpucha because he's the one who taught me the Dhamma in this way. And so therefore, if there wasn't Mpucha, if there was no Buddha, um, then there would be no Dhamma that the Buddha taught. And without the Dhamma, there wouldn't have been any Arahants. 
no arahants at the time of the Buddha, and no arahants down to this present day and age, no Lumpur Man, no Lumpur Cha, and then there would be no us. And so if we're going to summarize that without Lumpur Cha, then we wouldn't be here. So um, many people were fortunate enough to meet his physical body. And just like there were many people at the time of the Buddha who met the physical body of the Buddha, but they didn't get the Dhamma. It's only those who... um, Oh, sorry. And then there are also those who have met the physical bodies of the Sangha, but they weren't intelligent enough to get the Dhamma from them. And also those who did have the intelligence to be able to understand their teachings, to follow their teachings. You see that Lumpucha, he had to fight a lot. He had a lot of really tough things that he had to go through. He experienced a lot of jealousy, for example. But he carried on practicing, and he was able to get the Dhamma, to reach the Dhamma. He could meet with the Dhamma. And so we have to do this as well, try to train our minds to ever higher levels. You see that all things in this world are just temporary, that nothing here can stay with us forever. All they do is, or the longest they can last for, is just the span of one lifetime. But in the end, everything has to change in accordance with causes and conditions, because everything is anicca, dukkha, anatta. It's inconstant, it's stressful, it's not self. So when we look, um, why is it that the kilesas of the beings in this world, they're not done with? And uh, previously Lumpur Cha gave a teaching um, that I've now had the time to uh, reflect upon and to contemplate a lot. He said that the Buddha didn't destroy all the defilements. And when he said that, it went against what I had believed, because I thought that, or understood, that the Buddha did destroy all the defilements. But Lumpur Cha, he said uh, that he didn't, in fact, destroy all the defilements. And he was speaking in terms of wisdom. Because if the Buddha had destroyed all the defilements, then we wouldn't have any defilements either. The Buddha was able to get rid of his defilements through the knowledge that he had gained. He was able to be done with all of these kilesas within his heart. So the Buddha is just the one who shows the way, who can instruct other beings. But he's not able to extract the defilements out of the heart of other beings. So we need to raise up our own enthusiasm, our own energy, uh, to follow this way of practice for ourselves. Because if we stay deluded, then we're just going to give rise to attachment constantly. So we can see that um, sometimes the mind is uh, giving rise to liking or disliking. Um, And there are many things which 
bind and cover over the heart, which tie the heart up. And if we're going to talk about it in terms of uh, the language of this current era, you can say that it's like there's a code which is locking up our minds. And if we just get lost, um, distracted by things, then we're not able to break this code. And no one else is able to break it for us. It's something that we need to do for ourselves. So when we're deluded, then we're the ones who are deluded. And all other people can do is help to tell us the methods, but they're not able to clean out the defilements. It's something that we have to do for ourselves. So each time that we get involved in liking or disliking, we can see that these things are deeply embedded within our minds. So we're the ones that need to come to train our minds. Train them so that they give rise to brightness, so that light can enter into them, so that we can gain true knowledge and true understanding. And we do this through walking the path of dana sila bhavana, of generosity, of virtue, of meditation, or of sila samadipanya, of uh, this virtue, collectiveness of mind and wisdom. And these are the things that are able to help purity arise within our hearts. And if we don't do it, if we don't train ourselves in this, then we're just not able to meet with that purity. We can't reach our original mind. If we are going to get there, we need to practice. We need to build up our barami. We need to put our efforts into this. We're very fortunate uh, that we're in time to meet with the teachings of the Buddha, that these are still around. And these teachings are of great value. They're very, very valuable things. But if we've met with them, if we've had this good opportunity, but we don't follow them, then we'll die having wasted our lives. And so we do as much as we can. If we have a lot, then we give a lot. If we have a little, then we give a little. But we don't waste this opportunity. And whatever we do isn't wasted either. It all gathers together within our hearts. So we see that this mind is something that is of great importance. And we um, are fortunate to be disciples of Lumpucha, whether we're direct disciples or second or third generation disciples. And so just like we chant the praises of the Sangha before, and the praises, I'm saying that the Sangha are those who have practiced well, who have practiced directly, who have practiced insightfully, who have practiced with integrity. And uh, these are the disciples of the Buddha. So when we chant in this way, then we bring up our faith in the Sangha. And uh, we have one degree of faith, and we practice uh, following whatever level of sata that we have. And we uh, follow these teachings to contemplate into the body and then experience peace of mind, that, the peace of mind that results. This is how Lumpucha taught. And we do it. We really train ourselves in this way because we believe that when we practice these teachings, then we'll have to attain to the Dhamma for sure. 
will have to see into the Dhamma. And we have that faith. And from this faith flows energy. And we really focus on this practice. So just like when I was staying with Umpucha and he would tell us about staying in the cremation grounds, and I thought that I had to go and practice in this way as well. Uh, but I had a great amount of fear of ghosts, of spirits, of these charnel grounds. Uh, and when I went into them, I was really terrified uh, that there would be spirits uh, following me. But Lumpucha taught about this, about staying in these places, so I felt like I had to train, I had to follow his teachings. And I did this um, in devotion and as an offering to the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, as an offering to my teacher. And I thought, well, if I die, then I die. And it wasn't um, easy. It wasn't easy at all. Um, and I had uh, to pass through this fear of death. I went into the Chana ground. I was staying there with Ajahn Somchai. Uh, but we weren't staying close to each other. We were separated by one kilometer. You see, in this monastery, if we walk from the lower hall, the eating hall, up to the abosata here, it's 800 meters. Um, but when we were staying the cremation ground, we were separated by more than a kilometer. And there's no chance that we'd be able to help each other if something happened. And even if uh, we were just staying 300 meters away from each other, um, still there'd be no chance in helping one another and because the forest was so dense. There's no way we'd be able to see each other or give any assistance. And if we didn't meet each other the next morning, then perhaps one of us had died. So we thought, well, if we die, then we just die. Lumpucha, he trained himself in this way as well and that he taught us that the Dhamma exists on the shores of death. And if we want the Dhamma, then we really have to practice. We have to pass over the graves of ghosts. We have to pass through the jaws of tigers. And it's not easy. And there's both terror and bravery arising at the same time. So when I was uh, staying in this Chana ground, um, during the day I would stay in the nearby monastery, I joined in the evening chanting. And as we were chanting, uh, my body would start shaking. And even though the body was shaking, I tried to suppress these feelings of fear in the mind, but they were just so intense that they made my body quiver. Because my mind knew that soon I would have to enter into this charnel ground. Uh, but as I was chanting, I tried to muster up um, my energy uh, muster up my motivation to practice. And there were times when there was so much fear that I thought I may lose my mind. But I still carried on practicing. And as I meditated, then brightness arose, wisdom arose, and the mind became empty. So it's really important that we keep our meditation objects with us, that we're constantly reciting these meditation words for the sake of peace of mind, so we can control these hearts of ours. And it gives rise to great benefits for us. 
because it's normal that if our minds aren't with the meditation objects, then they'll just follow um, all of their thoughts. Then a mood comes along and then the mind proliferates upon that. So if we're scared, then the mind starts thinking fearful thoughts. And we can see that this is avijja uh, giving rise to sankhara. And ignorance gives rise to these conditioned phenomena. And so there's a great amount of these thoughts, of this narrative, but we just don't see it. We see that the mind is thinking, following its fear. Um, and so there are these thoughts of fear, and maybe there are some thoughts of bravery, thoughts of love, thoughts of hate, thoughts of jealousy, that any thoughts are able to come up in the mind. And I had to pass through jealousy as well. That really it's just natural um, for us to have this in our mind. That since we were born, um, we were compared to others. And when we were children at school, then there'd be some competition, some comparison, saying that we'd be equal to others, or better or worse. And so this gives rise to jealousy. And when there's jealousy in the heart, then uh, there's also suffering in the heart. But we also need to see that these things are inconstant. We need to depend upon this truth of arising, staying for a bit, and ceasing. So we try to train ourselves to give rise to inner peace, seeing that this opportunity that we have right now is a very good one. And so we practice as our offering and homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, and ask for all of you to set your hearts on this practice. And to really set uh, all your actions of body, speech, and mind um, in this path of practice and do it a lot, develop it a lot. And when you train in this way, then you will meet with the Dhamma. Because look, this Dhamma, it's something that's already opened and revealed. It's just that we need to give rise to wisdom in order to see its truth. And we're very fortunate that the Dhamma isn't covered up in any way. It's not concealed. It's not buried under the ground. It's not under the ocean. And if it was, then we wouldn't be able to reach it. All we need is to give rise to wisdom in our hearts, and then we'll be able to see the Dhamma, because it's not hidden under the sea somewhere. But if our minds aren't peaceful, Sorry, if our minds do have peace, then we'll be able to contemplate. And all we need to do is just see this nature of anicca, of inconstancy, and then we'll see the Dhamma, we'll see the Buddha. And this is really um, an amazing teaching uh, that the Buddha gave, that whether a Buddha attains to the Dhamma or not, whether a Buddha rises in this world or not, um, the nature of things is always this way this nature of anicca, dukkha, anatta. And we see that all material things, um, initially they're new, then they become old, and then they break apart. It's just that we don't see it in this way. All we're doing is looking at things in light of self. We don't see things in terms of change. We see people die, and it's a person that dies. We see an animal that dies, and it's an animal that dies, but we don't perceive this in any profound way. We don't see that there's really no being, no self, no other there. 
that it's just the elements of earth, water, fire, and air that are breaking apart. So this is why we need to train ourselves. We need to train so that we can see the Dhamma that the Buddha taught. We meet with the Dhamma through, or meet with the Buddha through seeing the Dhamma. And when we do this, then our minds have the Dhamma. And uh, the Arahants are those who have met with this truth. If we have the fortune to meet with the teachings of these awakened beings, then we should follow them. Uh, because there are also many who were very close to the Buddha, but didn't follow his teachings and didn't gain any results from it. But we also shouldn't think that we're unlucky to have not been born in the time of Lumpur Manant or Lumpur Cha, because we have been born in a time when we've met with their teachings. So we're able to follow those teachings, we're able to practice accordingly. And also those people who have a lot of generosity, uh, who have made many offerings, um, these are very praiseworthy acts. Those people who have hearts uh, which constantly sacrifice. People who have a little, but they give a little. And some people have a lot, and they give a lot. But no matter how much they have, um, they always are inclined towards this sacrifice and through the kindness and compassion that is constantly present in their minds. So we see now is this time of pandemic and the monks aren't able to go on arms round. And so many people are coming to help the monks. And uh, through this, uh, the monks aren't lacking in any way because so many people are helping out. They're all um, giving what they can give. So as monks, we have this great opportunity that arrives through the faith of the lay people, through the support that we've been given, and also through the barami of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, the compassion, the kindness of the laity. And so having received all of this, uh, we should train ourselves and train ourselves, develop ourselves, both for the sake and the benefit of those who give us these offerings, and also for our benefit as well. And should put in our efforts, not be lazy, do a lot of chanting, go to the morning and evening chanting, um, help out with all the chores and the activities, um, to not be lazy, but to try to give rise to merit constantly. Kamatana monks, which is what forest monks are known as in Thailand. Um, they need to have the kamatana with them. And just like study monks need to be studying, they need to be constantly uh, revising the things that they've learned. Um, just like uh, Ajahn Somchai, um, he had uh, uh, passed the third level of the Pali examinations. And um, you need a lot of sincerity, you really need to focus in order to do that. And it's the same with practicing and training, developing samadhi. really need to be sincere in order to gain samadhi. So we're very lucky uh, to be disciples, uh, whether first generation or second or third of Lumpur Man, Lumpur Cha. So we practice following their teachings, do this through effort. It's not easy, it requires a fight, uh, but it's something that we need to do. So when I was staying at Bok Nambapong, uh, Lumpur Cha's monastery, 
there was a cremation ground out the front of the monastery. Nowadays it's not there anymore because things have developed a lot, uh, but before it was. So occasionally I would go out into this cremation ground and it felt really lonely there, it felt really secluded. And uh, initially I could, I walked, did walking meditation for five minutes or ten minutes and it felt like an enormously long period of time. But as my heart became stronger, I was able to do it for longer. And eventually there were some times that I'd go there at 2 a.m. and do walking meditation. And uh, one day that I did this, it was after a cremation, and a dog had come and was busy chewing on the arm of uh, the person who had died. But when I saw this, there wasn't any fear. My mind was just really peaceful. So at that time, I was just there by myself. Uh, but when I went initially, I brought a friend along with me. Uh, but after a while, I was able to go in by myself. Before I went into this cremation ground, I would pay respects to my teacher uh, for quite a while because I had this great certainty, um, confidence in Numpucha that he would be looking after me, that there wouldn't be any ghosts, any spirits that would come to harm me. And even though I was very afraid of death when I went in there, I still trained myself. So we see now during this time of uh, pandemic that COVID has spread all around the world, that many people are very afraid of this. And uh, some people are isolating themselves within their houses. Uh, but we also do need to help each other out. We need to support one another. We need to try and care for each other. But at the same time, we do also have to be cautious. Um, we have to maintain a degree of separation. But we shouldn't allow that to degrade the kindness and compassion that we have towards each other in our hearts. We train these minds, um, seeing that ignorance, uh, craving and clinging are the causes of suffering. And so we need to give rise to knowledge in our hearts. We need to create the causes for this internal Buddha to be born within our hearts. <laughs> 